T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is a serious message to everybody watching my update right now. Peace and love, peace and love. I want to tell you, please, after the 20th of October, do not send fan mail to any address that you have. Nothing will be signed after the 20th of October. Fun, entertaining, knowledgeable. All right. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Live and local. It's time for the Fan Morning Show with Bart Winkler. Peace and love. Peace and love. That was Ringo Starr 14 years ago. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Ringo Starr, 82 years old. 14 years ago, he put out a video to say, stop sending me stuff in the mail. So I would like to, in honor of Ringo Starr's birthday, peace and love, peace and love. After the 7th of July, stop sending me tweets. Stop tweeting me things that you think about the show. Unless they're positive. Peace and love. Peace and love. No critical feedback. Peace and love. If you don't like a segment, keep it to yourself. Peace and love. If you think Tim Shea sounds like Kermit the Frog singing, don't tell us. Peace and love. Peace and love. Uh, here from love to uh, live. I'm a little worried about uh, our boy Rory McIlroy, Toby. I don't know what's going on here. So... The Live Tour, the Live Golf Tour, which I think is one of the more interesting stories in all of sports. Stop talking golf. <laughs> Talk about something else. Nope. After today, you can't. Peace and love. Peace and love. No more fan mail. Rory McIlroy has come out and pretty much blasted everybody that's gone to the Live Tour. Mm-hmm. Blasted the existence of the Live Tour. It's not right. It's not good for golf. It's not good for anybody. I'm going to play you what Rory McIlroy said yesterday. This is a minute or two. This is a guy who has repeatedly been the most outspoken. What did we talk to Nick Casas a few weeks ago about how basically Rory would wear a shirt that said PGA around his chest, and then when he's going down the 18th hole, he wants you to root for him like he is the one saving the PGA. He has talked very differently 
yesterday. This is Rory McIlroy on the Live Golf Tour. Messy. I, I look. I wish it hadn't got that messy. And and in hindsight, I think there were probably steps that were missed that that, that w wouldn't have made it as messy. Um, but I think in the long term, it will make the game better. But right now, it's just that there's this disruption that's happening, and with disruption comes change and force change and I think this has just sort of forced the tour's hands a little bit and and they have to adapt and change and, and I think that's what they're going to have to try to do. Do you think there will have to be peace talks between the three tours at some stage? I think so. I think that I think that needs to happen. Um, there's so much chat about where the money's coming from in Saudi and everything else. Like they sponsor so many other things and they're 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 all over sport. I, I understand people's reservations with, with everything, but at the same time, if these people are serious about investing billions of dollars in the Gulf, I mean, I think ultimately that, that's a good thing. All the narrative isn't, it isn't good at splitting the game instead of everyone coming together, and I think everyone needs to try to come together a little bit more. Is there a resentment between the players who are on, still on the PGA Tour and the DP World and the players who have decided to defect? I think... Defection is a strong word. I understand why guys have went, especially the guys that are sort of in the latter stages of their career. And I mean, if I was in their position, I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd seriously have to think about doing the same thing. Like, I, I understand. Um, is there a, a difference of opinion? Yes. But I mean, I can argue with you about a certain thing, but I'm still going to like you at the end of it. So there's a difference of opinion, and I would have done things a little bit differently. But I think at this stage, you know, if you go over and play in a different tour, then go and play in a different tour. And you know, I think this whole having your cake and eating it type thing is is what the resentment resolves with within the membership. But for me, I don't I don't resent that anyone. A lot of these guys are my friends, and they're still going to be my friends regardless of the of the decisions they make. Okay, that's from BBC Newsline interview with Rory McIlroy. Um, that the, the, his response, what he said, is what I think you've heard from a lot of people. I sort of think we've been talking about that. And it's a response that I think you should have. You can disagree with people. doesn't mean that they're 100% wrong. And the response that he's saying that the tours need to sit down and talk is something that we've already said, too. Well, but but Rory hasn't said anything. No, like this. That, that's what I'm saying, though. So there's like, a change in tone here. There is, and I think he's because he's realizing that this thing is actually going to catch steam. You know, not that long ago, he was saying, this is never going to get off the ground, it's never really going to work, and are they even going to be able to fill a field with 48 people? And now he's like, well, you know, I think it is going to work. So now I think they got to work with it and see what they can do to make sure it doesn't completely abolish our tour or completely ruin it. I don't think that's what happened. Oh, I, you think he's going to live? I don't think he's going to live, but I think, I think... I think they paid him. The Live Golf Tour paid him? I think they paid him no. to be less critical of the Live Golf Tour. If anything, no. Mm -hmm. No. Why not? If anything, he had conversations with his buddies that went over there and played, and he realized, huh, I don't get the same treatment on the PGA Tour. Maybe it's not that bad. He's not going. But his tone changed a little bit because they explained why they went and how the experience is over there. The whole reason for this tour is for people to see the Saudis in a good light. That's the whole reason. That's why it exists. That is why this tour exists. Because they want 
They don't want people to think of them and be like, oh, they are killing people. They want it, this is a PR campaign. Oh, the Saudis are putting on this great tour. It's so much fun. I'm having so much fun. That's what it's, that's what they're doing. They have six hundred billion dollars to spend. They don't care if they make money or not. I don't think this is growing the game. I watched some of the last uh, event. I watched some of it. It was awful. I didn't enjoy it. There's no stakes to it. And then there's like these teams, and they have the worst logos. Yeah, the team event part is and the worst names. But there's no pressure because. Stingers. You 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 go into an event, you're gonna come home with two hundred thousand dollars. It's like there's no there's no competitive pressure. These guys are just I mean, and that's why when Toby and I talk about it, you're telling these guys who have been grinding for years, either grinding for years and can't like get to the point where they're gonna really be successful in the PGA, and then there's some of these young guys that, you know, it's they know it's not gonna work out for them. They're gonna be a fringe player. Their whole life, they can't really do this professionally. They're going to have to find someone else. All of a sudden, there's an option where they can just golf for the weekend and get paid a bunch of money and good treatment on top of it. Of course, guys are going to go, no matter where the money's coming from. You know, you got to look out for your family. You got you got to look out for your people. There's there you know there's events that come. There's things that come. And you're like, I don't like where this money's coming from, but it's money. So you got to. I I think you got to look out for your people. So I understand that, but I mean, who's to say I wouldn't do it? Yeah, I. Again, I think we both understand what if the this live tour golf is all tour about. offered me money to say, "Hey, Bart, you know, you're just a regular dude, but just fill out our tour. Here's a million dollars." I'd be like, "See ya." Yeah, one hundred percent. I don't. Well, here's the thing that I can't stand, like. The people that still are on the side of, oh, it's so wrong and all these different things, I understand where you're coming from. I get your points, and if your point is, look where the money's coming from, I can get on board with that. But if your whole thing is, all they're going for is money, and all they care about is this, and yeah, money's obviously the driving force, but there are other things that are appealing to this tour other than money. The experience is nice, fewer events... Everything's already paid for. No stress. All the stuff that you kind of pointed out, that's appealing too. You basically get a payday to show up and play three rounds of golf for fun. Now, if you play well, you get a pretty big payday at the end of that too. But either way, you're walking home with 120 grand. Yeah. And if you play well and you win, you're walking home with $4 million. So there's still some pressure, but not to the same extent where... On a PGA Tour event, you show up, you play poorly for two days, and you're sitting at home out of all the money you spent on hotels, lodging, travel, all that stuff, because you don't get paid. So there are other aspects to it that are appealing other than just the money aspect, and I think some people are blind to that fact, and I think that's why Rory's tone has changed a little bit, is if you're just going to say that they went over there for the money... Yeah, that's the driving force, but that's not the only thing. And once you hear some of the other reasons, it thinks maybe they could apply some of this other stuff to the PGA Tour and kind of improve the player experience over there. I think what's interesting, because we've talked about the tour before. We've talked about the tour, and we've talked about the live golf component. It is interesting to hear Rory McIlroy change his tone to be the most outspoken golfer on this whole thing and then to what we just played you where he's basically – Saying, no, I get it. 
That's a major shift. Yeah, how much would they have to pay him to do that if you're saying that they're paying him to I'm saying relax? I would keep open the possibility that maybe the Live Golf Tour... Uh, but that would never get out. No, but the Live Golf Tour can pay one of his buddies and then they can, you know, drop a briefcase on his doorstep or, hey, Rory, what charity are you in two years a million dollars? Look what we just did. Why don't you say something nice? You know, there's there's ways. I made 25 bucks yesterday. Did you get paid off to say something nice? Yeah, I got paid off to uh, retweet a cash app ad. You got paid to do that? Yeah, did you see what they were doing? They were giving away more money. Like when Odell Beckham gives away money? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they were giving away more money. Um, I don't think I want any more cryptocurrency. Well, I just cashed it out right away. I'll take cash, but I don't want any more crypto. Oh, people are pissed at Mark Cuban, dude. Did you read any of that? Mm-mm. Mark Cuban set up this, like, company, a crypto company, and he really pushed it with Mavs fans and said, hey, this is going to be the, the safe way to do it. And, and then it went bankrupt this week. Eef. So a bunch of Mavs fans are like, whoa, dude, like you hoodwinked us, you know? And I think a lot of people bet on crypto right away. And then it failed. And, and not to say that it's over, over. Who could have seen that coming, man? <laughs> but Bitcoin was like 60000 now it's down to 20000 It's just who, like anything. Who, could, like who could have markets. thought that a currency that was based on nothing would go down like that? I'm sur- What I'm surprised about is how sports teams were all of a sudden like, yes, we will name it the Crypto.com Arena. We will name it the FTX Arena. I'm Tom Brady. I will put my reputation on the line for crypto. Uh, well, Tom Brady's put his reputation on the line many a time for more things than just crypto. Yeah, I'm just I'm just surprised that how quickly sports were willing to go into it. And now, right now, I mean, it could rebound, but right now it, it looks bad. And a guy like Mark Cuban, who started this company and was giving Mavs fans different perks, and they put a lot of money into it, now they go bankrupt. I think the issue is they go bankrupt, and now you're wondering if the funds you have in there, you can still get out. I was able to cash out on Cash App yesterday. 25 bucks. How about that? I profited. 414-799-1250, but I, but I cashed it out right away. Crypto, I feel like crypto it's the only was way a, to do it. I feel like crypto was a big, like, we're bored during the pandemic thing. Kind of. I still don't understand how it works. If I understood how it works, maybe I could get on board with it, but... You're telling me I'm buying this thing that you basically arbitrarily decide how much it's worth? Yeah, and the value can increase or decrease, not based on anything that it does, but based on other people's perceptions of it? Yeah, pass. Toby, you know what that's called? It's called art. I do believe art is a scam. I, I believe there's a lot of money laundering with art. Well, yeah, I'm sure there is. When people buy these $200 million pieces. Like, some art doesn't... It's art! Yeah, and some art that goes for that price isn't even art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nothing. And then it, and then you buy it. Why? NFTs are a scam, too. NFTs are a scam. Agree. And I made money off of those. I made $599.99 off of those. Why didn't we ever try to make Careful not to say 600 because that's the amount on which I need to claim taxes. Okay. Oh, you want your Bart Winkler tax evasion tip of the day? No, 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 no. I was saying... I uh, got one for you. 
Tip your servers money. Give them cash. Do we all know this? Okay. Tip your servers cash because then they don't have to claim it on the, their paycheck. Do you carry cash around? Well, no, but if I do and I've had cash and I like went to fourth base last week and I paid with the card and then I gave her cash. Oh, nice. No, I'm not. I shouldn't maybe. Everyone does that. Because when, when I used to work as a waiter, we used to be like, um, we used to have to split the tips. No, we used to have, we'd go into like this back closet and write down all of our money and the money that got on the card. Just trust me. Just, pe- just the stuff that cash. went on the card, you actually split the stuff that went into your pocket. You did not. No, the saying? stuff that went in the card, we had to claim on taxes. Gotcha. And then you write like, how much cash did you? Cause you, then you have to write down how much cash you collected. And I could be like, uh, I collected $10 in cash. Cause you got to claim a little bit. But I really collected 150. Am I? Is this illegal to say? Uh, I'm gonna refrain from it. <laughs> tip, tip, tip your servers in cash. Tip your servers in cash. Uh, Bart Winkler, that's Toby Altizer. Mm-hmm. Our goodest of buddies, Paul Emig, is here to play some. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was just talking about how uh, you always tip in cash so that servers don't have to claim it on their taxes. Is that common knowledge or am I like, is that, am I in trouble saying that? I don't know. This is, I, I hadn't thought about it in that way before. And then I said, when I was a server, that's what we did. Did what? We would write down, we would not write down as much cash as we collected. Oh. But I don't have a problem with that because in this country, you know what my salary was as a server? You know what my salary was? Two thirty-seven an hour. Two dollars and thirty-seven cents. Yeah. The companies pay you with the expectation that customers are gonna pay your salary. It's the whole thing's a scam. Anyway, what's up? I wish I had more to contribute to that dialogue, but I, I don't well, think I, I do. just feel like I talked myself into a dirt hole and now I'm trying to dig out, but I'm keep going down. Okay. <laughs> I could have said I could have said tip your servers in cash, wink wink. And then but then I was like, oh, by the way, I actually referred to it as Bart Winkler's tax evasion tip of the day. You know, you do this a lot. Um I was <laughs> listening actually you do. Like yesterday I was listening to a little bit of a podcast, which is gonna lead me to a second question for Toby in a moment, but yeah, I think it was Brick who called in and said something along the lines of and then you're like, Oh yeah, when I was you know, younger, I would just always take a pack of gum from the store, and it was free ninety nine. I'm like, Bart, like you just, you know, the number of things you've admitted to are not ideal, probably. Just today, I admitted that when I went to these old Packer trips, I used to vandalize a lot of property. Buddy, like A, don't do it. B, don't then. C, C, I am a lesson to do learn you from. What- do you remember, and do the listeners remember what Horvat admitted to when he was the producer of this show, when he was a teenager? No. <laughs> it was something to the effect of, I hate to paraphrase the felony that he committed, but it was something along the lines of that he would go, would he rip out trees from people's yards? What would he? It was something like really nuts. Um, oh, yeah. What was that? We'll have to call him later and find out what that 
mischievousness was. It was something where it was like, A, bro, like, what the heck were you doing in your teens? And B, you can't then talk about it on your radio show. Anyway, all good. Well, everybody knows I threw a rock through a Little Caesars window Yeah, you only admitted that one a half dozen times. Yeah, everyone knows that one. (laughs) Toby, have you heard the Little Caesars one, though? Uh, I have heard that one. Yes, I have. You know, Toby, so this is my follow-up question for you. I was listening to a little bit of yesterday's show on podcast last night. Sure. And, you know, you've been gone for a little while, and you're such a good guy. Are you sure this is what you want for yourself? This life that Bart is leading you into, <laughs> all of this what? all of this nonsense. Come on, buddy. You got, you got a bright future. Are you sure this is what you want? You're such a straight shooter. I mean, it hasn't led me to throw a brick through a Little Caesars window or anything like that yet. I haven't yeah. tried any tax evasion tips yet. So, okay, good. Yeah, emphasis on yet. <laughs> yeah. If I work with Bart long enough, who knows? Oh, okay. No, I can't. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I can't even think of any good stories to give you of anything that I've done because I'm pretty boring. Yeah, I'm with oh, you. There. I mean, I just growing up in America. Yeah, egg a house here. Nope, never done that. Def- nope, deflate some tires that. there. Never done that. Did you really do this, Bart? Uh, kidnap people for ransom here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was right. two tr- two truths and a lie. All right. All right, uh, I'm a terrible person. Everybody already knows it. Why are yeah. we talking no, about I think me? I, I think you're riding your ship. By the way, I think I think uh, I think you're on the right path. Well, you learn from my mistakes. What am I? What am I supposed to say? Never made mistakes before. Yeah, learn from them. Nope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is a basically yes or no game where we moan. No mistake about it, Paul. Good to uh, good to see you. Yeah, you can see me. I can't see you. Um, all right. I want to start with some I'm trying bucks. to get that remedied, but I don't know. I mean, we're, we're just trying to keep the computers that we have in operation to throw a camera onto one of these things. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm going to jinx it by saying this, but hey, if we just, if by one of us having a camera and if, if, if it doesn't lose our signal here during this segment, then that would be miraculous. Yeah. All right. What's up? All right, I want to start with this one that's super depressing. Uh, And it's an NBA depressing, not other things depressing. So Eric Bledsoe is set to become a free agent. I know how much you love George Hill. So, John Horst Winkler, you get to have Eric Bledsoe in exchange for George Hill. Basically, it would mean that, you know, you would sign Eric Bledsoe, who just was cut, and then you would trade George Hill for... Um, some some potato wedges, some Tobies. Um, you would make that quote unquote deal, mm-hmm, or mm-mm. Okay, so my initial thought is, mm-hmm. but then you wonder, is it? Is there? Can you go home again? Like when you bring when you bring Wesley Wesley Matthews went home again. Yeah, but the blood. I mean, I just. George Hill went home again. They were both gone and came back. I'm just saying the greater point is when you bring someone back, you're not just you're not just starting anew. You're bringing back everything that they came with. Okay. So you're bringing back everything. Like when we are going to bring back Rami when he falls on his face in California for a third time. <laughs> we're going to bring back that. Ah, I think he's there to stay. We're going to bring back, you know. But George Hill, the, the interesting thing about this offseason Every time the Bucks do anything, even if it's release Luca Vildoza, 
the response from Bucks fans is, why do we still have George Hill on this team? Now, I also, for a moment, I thought I saw George Hill at a Meyer store yesterday. And then I was going to go up and ask him for a picture. But then I was going to be like, oh, I always make fun of you. It was not George Hill. I thought I saw George Hill. It was not George Hill. <laughs> but, mm-hmm, yes, I would do yes. Yes. So you you would yes. essentially trade Bledsoe for Hill. You would you would make that deal. Oh yeah. Then you got his his bench uh, his defense coming off the bench. Look, okay. George Hill cannot play. He cannot be played on this roster. See, so, I think yes. you're forgetting the pains that Eric Bledsoe put you through. But understood. Oh no, Kobe. Eric Bledsoe. Uh, you you get one rule. Your hands are behind your back. <laughs> no, I think he no can still shooting. be a pretty adequate defender if you just was if his hands were behind his back. Okay. So that would mean he doesn't shoot. So, mm-hmm, condition, Eric Bledsoe, uh, maybe one hand behind his back. I was going to say, he's got to be able to at least pass. Yeah, he got to be able to poke it away, too. Or poke it away. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Toby, it would be a good move for the Bucks if they brought in Bledsoe and sent out George Hill in two separate moves, but essentially replacing Bledsoe, replacing Hill with Bledsoe. Mm-hmm, or mm-hmm, the Bucks should do that, Toby. Mm-hmm. 100%. Eric Bledsoe's way better than George Hill at this point. If George Hill were the George Hill of a couple seasons ago, where he's got calming presence when he comes in off the bench on offense and he gives you solid point guard play and he'll knock down the shots when he needs to and a solid defender, then maybe I would say no. But at this point, with what you saw from George Hill throughout the regular season and then into the postseason, I have no reason to think that if I can get any competent play, out of a point guard, I wouldn't trade George Hill for whoever it is, much less a guy like Eric Bledsoe that can give you some explosiveness off the bench, maybe a little bit of scoring, and also stellar defense like Bart pointed out. So I don't think there's any reason why the Bucks wouldn't do that if that were the case and they were able to do something like that. Let me yeah. uh, just interject before you get into this, Paul. I'll say that I'm pretty sure you could name basically anyone over George Hill, and I'd say yes. Okay. I'm with you on that. I just think it's a really cruel irony that that I might have to then say, okay, but that means Eric Bledsoe, who uh, (laughs) once upon a time when I was looking into um, when I had Bucks season tickets and I I told the rep, I said, hey, I will do this and I will buy these if you promise that Eric Bledsoe will be gone by the start of the year. This was like four years ago. Wow. I'm pretty anti-watching Eric Bledsoe play basketball. But he is, unfortunately, sadly, uh, an upgrade. The only thing is Bledsoe, for all his defense, and if you could bring him off the bench you know, playing 12 minutes a game when, when Drew is, was, is out, that'd be great point guard perimeter defense. But he's clearly not the perimeter shooter that George Hill is, which is clearly what the Bucks are fascinated with, is that you have a guy out there in George Hill who, for all of his shortcomings at this stage of his career... You know, he is, um, he's a knockdown shooter, spot-up shooter. He can't, that's the one thing he does. Bledsoe is not that. And I feel like the first time we see Bledsoe go 0 for 6 from 3 in a in a re-debut with the Bucks, then it would be like, a re, you know, you would remember all over again how much this guy was, um, yeah, played himself out of a job, I think. But yes, I, I painfully have to say, mm-hmm, to Bledsoe over George Hill. Um Let's say that move doesn't happen. Let's say the Bucks offseason is complete. They're done. This is it. There's no trades. 
George Hill is back. The only real acquisition of note is Joe Ingles, who won't be back until January or February. They bring back Serge Ibaka and Bobby Portis and Connaughton's back. And, you know, the, the whole the, the group is pretty much back together, except they're actually older than they brought back West Matthews. The group is actually older than they were. But all things in, this is it. The Bucks are done. The Bucks had a good offseason. Mm-hmm. Or mm-mm. The Bucks had a good offseason. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Bucks had a good offseason because they got Bobby Portis back. Well, and Pat Connaughton. So some of this offseason was self-preservation, really. Uh, they do have a good core. I still want to see this core continue. I do like their draft pick. I do like Bochamp. I'm going to throw that in there. Now I hope that they play him. But, Paul, they are old. This is an old basketball team. Yep. There are not a lot of guys that are under 26 years old on this basketball team. Yeah. Uh, they are old. Did the Bucks have a good offseason? Mm-hmm or mm-mm. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, mm-hmm. I like I mean, they used the draft pick, so they did acquire a guy there, and a yep. lot of it was self-preservation. So I'm going to say uh, yes. Toby, Bucks had a good offseason if this is it. Mm-hmm or mm-mm. Um, I don't know how to quantify it. Like, I'm going to say... Mm-hmm, but not very enthusiastically. Like, if I were doing a letter grade, it'd be a C. It's not bad. It's not necessarily great. Would you have liked to see them maybe improve? Sure, but I also don't think they necessarily got worse. They kept their guys, which is a positive. So I will say mm-hmm, but like Bart said, they're a pretty old basketball team, but that's fine for me because they're contending right now, and they kept most of their guys. Would you? I, I just don't know if you would like to see them try and go get another player. Then maybe you'd be a little bit frustrated. But I think a lot of us agree that they're a healthy Chris Middleton away from probably being back in the NBA Finals and possibly being back-to-back -back NBA champs. And so they brought back the whole team that was pretty much there. If Chris Middleton would have been healthy, maybe we're just thrilled that they have the whole team back together. So I... I don't know. I'll, I'll go with mm-hmm, but it's not very enthusiastic. Yeah, two things. I think that's the main point is if you think the Bucks would have won the championship with a healthy Chris Middleton or at the very least would have gotten past Boston with a healthy Chris Middleton, then you take it one round at a time after that, then, yeah, then you bring the team back and, you know, hey, if Giannis is hurt or Middleton's hurt or Drew is hurt, then that's your excuse. Okay. Like, if you're willing to live with that and, you know, when three guys like that are making – what, $110 million combined per season between Drew and Chris and Giannis? That's the, that's the bet that you've made, that they're going to be really good and that they're going to be healthy when one of them's not, right? Your depth is obviously not going to be as good as a $35 million player in, in Middleton. So it makes sense. I'm not like, Toby, I think your grade of a C makes sense. I'm not like, wow, great offseason. This was, you know, they got younger and they got better and like, I don't, I think they, you know, a C, a C feels right. And, and, and to be clear, it, it's an incomplete right now. They still have things they can do. There's not a ton they can do, but there's still some stuff they can do. But, I, you know, if, if you had to say right now today, you know, like, is it, you know, is it mm-hmm mm -hmm, or mm-mm that they got better? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, or, or not, not that they got better, excuse me, that they had a good offseason. Mm-hmm. I think a C feels like the right grade. Bart, I would say about Bochamp, I 
I'm excited about him being drafted. I'm curious to see him play. But if he's playing meaningful minutes, either he was drafted 20 spots too low or the Bucks have suffered serious injuries on the way, right? No, 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 no. You got so many guys that are old. I don't need 80 games of Serge Ibaka. I don't need 80 games of Brooke Lopez. I don't even need 80 games of Drew. Just play him. Uh, okay, I'm okay with that. I mean, I, I want to see him play. I mean, I, but if, if it's like, if he's pressed into major service, meaningful 15, 20 minutes a game service, that would probably not mean great things for the box. But I was, hey, uh, uh, I'm, I am going to take a quick ahead, break here. I was not going to, but Toby paid up on his bet, surprisingly. I didn't know it was happening today. Uh, Toby owed me two Wendy's. And he yes. ordered one already, and uh, so some Wendy's by surprise today. Uh, so I'm going to uh, take a break, and Go then we'll it. come back. And then when we come back in three minutes, whoever you're talking to, the other person will be eating Wendy's. Okay, sounds good. And Toby tells me he did order you Wendy's, and it's on the way. Wow. No, All right. You didn't do that? <laughs> no, unfortunately, I didn't. Sorry, Paul. All right. We're back in three oh. minutes. <laughs> we really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Toby, what a guy. Cashing in on your bet. It was two Wendy's because Golden State beat Boston by two. But I said just one's good. Dude, the Frosty Chino is so good. I'm still just dying over these potato wedges. Yeah. I was telling you, I'm not usually a chicken guy for breakfast, but their chicken biscuit's incredible. Yeah, if I ever... uh, 
need for future reference to know how long it takes me to eat a sandwich. It's three minutes. I timed it perfectly during the uh, commercial break. I'm Bart Winkler. It's Toby Altizer. And now I'm not sure if we have Paul Immig or not. You do. Oh, hey, buddy. I turned off the video. Oh, okay. If I can't watch you, if I can't watch you eat Wendy's, you can't watch me stand here eating nothing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, how do you know that we did? We might not even really have Wendy's, Paul. We might just be saying that. It's true. Yeah. There's no way to tell. Yeah. We really have a potato Wendy's. And I don't know. Go ahead, Paul. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or... <coughs> Um, which would probably be the alternate version of you guys choking as you attempt to say, mm-mm. So, uh, Toby, hopefully you're not mid-bite, because I actually want to pivot one to you and just say, so Bradley Beal got literally everything Mm -hmm. that a team can offer. They gave him a no-trade clause, only the 10th player in NBA history to get a true no-trade clause. They gave him a fifth-year player option while paying him, what, $52 million uh, per year on average over the next five years? quite a bit. Toby, this was the right move for the Wizards? Mm-hmm or mm-mm. <laughs> Paul, have you ever heard my uh, reasoning on when I cheer for teams, what I want out of them? When I'm talking does about... It have to do with, does it have to do with, like, wearing the jersey or something? No, no, no. About, like, my expectations for my Washington teams. No, I don't know if I do. So, here's the deal. When it comes to the Washington teams, the commanders, the football team, the Redskins, whatever they're called, I want them to win for a Super Bowl, so I want them to compete. The Capitals, Stanley Cups, the Nationals, World Series, I want those teams to all be competitive. When it comes to the Wizards, I don't care if they win any games, I just need them to keep my favorite players. Okay. So, for me, 100% the correct move. If we're looking long-term for the well-being of the Wizards organization, and if they're trying to win NBA Finals, mm-mm, no, not the best move. I'm going to buy you some more time, Bart, and I'm going to say, but they also traded for Morris and uh, Barton from the Nuggets. Love them. And move. then they drafted Johnny Davis. Is Johnny Davis going to – Johnny Davis is going to play. Mm-hmm or mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Don't. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. be no good. 100%. He's going to be the best defender that they have. Now that they bring in Barton, I think he's solid. But he, they lack so much defensively. Johnny Davis immediately will help them defensively, but he's still going to play, I would think, a decent bit. They're going to find ways to get him involved. I think they'll use Barton more as a three as opposed to a two, and I would think that Johnny Davis right now slots in right behind Bradley Beal as the backup two guard. So he'll get, I would like think he'll still minutes? get 15. I think he's still. they're still going to find a way to get him 15, 20 minutes, even though... You know, Corey Kispert, they drafted him. They got him minutes right away. Denny Avdia, they drafted him. They got him minutes. Uh, Hachimura, same thing, his rookie season. They'll find minutes for Johnny Davis. Okay. All right. Those are my Wizards questions. Bart, did you finish up a couple more bites, hopefully? Yeah. Don't you think, though, Toby, that they (laughs) – Toby's like, dang it. Uh, Shouldn't they have traded him like two years ago? Beal? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, it's hard for me to think that – they're not what, a serious team. They're not competing. No, they're not. But when you have an all-NBA talent and you want to compete at some point, it's hard to say you should trade them for multiple guys, you know, because I don't know what kind of guys you're going to get. Are they going to come in and be able to help you right away? Are they proven guys? If you could tr- you know, trade Beal for a couple proven guys that are more than just role players, then maybe. But 
I think you're almost better off trying to keep a guy like Beal's caliber and build around him as opposed to trading him and hoping that the guys you bring in can make a difference. Would you rank Beal as somewhere between the 20th and 25th best NBA player? Higher than that. Better than that? Yeah. Wow. He had a bad season last year, but the year before, if it weren't for Stephen Curry going on a torrid pace to finish the season, he would have led the NBA in scoring. While winning 18 total games for an entire season, like it wasn't. (laughs) Yeah, no, he's he's pretty poor defensively, but I think offensively his talent has evolved. He's a three-level scorer. He can facilitate. I think offensively he's one of the top guys in the league. Maybe not top five, but he's somewhere up there, and I would think top 15, maybe even top 10 as far as offensive ability. So yeah, offense, sure. I, yeah. I think when you take all that into consideration and how the NBA plays nowadays, I think he's a top 20 NBA player, if not top 15. I think that's generous, but okay, that's fine. You can be, you can homer it a little bit. I'm okay with that. All right, so it's really hard to find Kevin Durant trades. I heard you guys talk a little bit about it. I've texted with some friends about it. It's hard to do, but I'm going to give you a scenario here that mathematically, salary cap-wise, works for the Nets, and I'm not going to ask you to break down the entire five-team trade. Is this what I, I see you tweet this the other day? You did. It's really fun. I was like, "Jesus, I'm like, you have a job, right?" Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. And this is this is the hobby. Um, but here's here's what the here's what I want to I just want you to tell me if you think you're the Nets that you would say mm-hmm or mm-mm to this. If you could get rid of Durant, Kyrie, Ben Simmons, and apparently they want to salary dump Joe Harris. So you lose Durant, Kyrie, Joe Harris, and Ben Simmons. And your end result of that in this five-team trade, and yes, the salary cap math works, you get Donovan Mitchell, DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges, and Talon Horton Tucker. You get Donovan Mitchell, DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges, and Talon Horton Tucker. You lose four, you get four. It's a five, It's a five-team deal that works mathematically. If you're the Nets, it's really hard to find Durant trades. But if you could do it, and you could spin that into Donovan Mitchell, DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges, Taylor Horton Tucker, that's a good return, considering that there's a trade request out there from Durant. Mm-hmm or mm-mm. Um, I guess I would say mm-hmm. I mean, Mitchell's, what, 26, under contract a few years? He might only be, yeah, 25, 24, yeah. Well, the Durant piece is like, I'm trying to figure out would you lose Durant for all this, but you're losing Kyrie, who's going to be gone anyway. Uh, Ben Simmons is an afterthought in this league. Yes. And Joe Harris, you know, I like Joe Harris, but there's like 50 Joe Harrises in the league. Uh, So I would say, yeah, the the thing, my thing with the Nets is I'm holding firm until I get something that I like. I'm not just like, Oh, Kevin, okay, well, thanks for coming here and helping us sell some jerseys. You want to go to Phoenix? Okay, we'll pack for you. Bye-bye. I mean, like, dude, I'm going to have all these teams bid against each other. I'm going to have all these teams try to work to figure out what's a good deal for us. They can do all the work and then present us offers with Kevin Durant. Let's say Kevin Durant's like, nah, dude, I'm going to sit out a year. First of all, he's not. Second of all, whatever package you can get for Kevin Durant this year, you can get for him next year. I don't think a year less of a three- to a four-year contract is going to equal less value for what you can get in return for Kevin Durant. Unless he declines or gets hurt again, which is a risk. But if he sits out, I don't think it's going to he, he, I mean, I, I'm willing to throw that option out the window. He won't do that. All right, so then I would say, mm-hmm, yeah. I think, I think, yeah. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, Aiton, 
Uh, Jay Williams' boy, Taylor Horton Tucker, and then who else did you say? Oh, Bridges. Bridges from Phoenix. Really, really good player. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Toby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, I'd do mm-hmm. it, yeah. The end result of trading Durant, Kyrie, Ben Simmons, Do I get any and, picks? Uh, do I get any picks? No picks. The picks go elsewhere. Nah, I'd still do it. Donovan Mitchell, DeAndre, and Mikel Bridges, and Taylor Horton Tucker. Toby, you would do that deal as the Nets. Mm-hmm or mm-mm. Mm-hmm, 100%. Yeah. Get younger players. Donovan Mitchell's a ascending superstar who I think you've already seen can be a really good player. DeAndre Ayton, solid player, really young. Bridges, defensive stud. Taylor Horton Tucker, I don't know what to expect out of him at this point. But, yeah, I mean, you get good players. Like Bart said, you kind of can already expect Kyrie to be out the door, and who knows if he's even playing basketball at this point. I'd rather just get rid of that headache that is Kyrie Irving. Ben Simmons, even though I like him as a player and I feel like I'm one of a few people in this world that do, he's not going to give you a whole lot of anything compared to the guys you're getting in return. So, really, you're losing those two in Kyrie and Ben Simmons, but... You're not really. Joe Harris is an afterthought at this point. Kevin Durant, obviously, is one of the best players in the league. But if you can get back a star like Donovan Mitchell and then a couple other proven guys in Aiton and Bridges, I don't see a reason that you wouldn't consider it. Yeah, okay, I love it because it is hard to find Durant single destinations because if one team strips away not only its best young player but then all of its future picks for Durant, then... Are they still strong enough that it matters that Durant puts you over the top to win a title? That's it's really hard to find. But if you start to look around, if like the Jazz after trading Rudy Gobert, I don't believe when they say or when they you know leak to some reporters like Chris Haynes that oh no we're going to build around Donovan Mitchell. No you're like, no you're not unless you're going to take all of those Rudy Gobert picks and ship them for another better player than Gobert. You're rebuilding. And if anything, Donovan Mitchell is in the way of you rebuilding because he's good enough that he's going to make you an eight seed. And then you're stuck in purgatory. So in my opinion, Donovan Mitchell is very much on the table. If I was the Nets after the past three years where you basically sold your NBA soul for this Durant-Kyrie thing. But remember, when they signed Durant three years ago, they did so after he tore his Achilles in the NBA Finals and they knew he'd missed the first year. He came back. They trade for James Harden. Kyrie, every other day, is telling the reporters how he and Kevin are actually in charge of this franchise. They hire Steve Nash because they could basically walk all over him if they had to. I like Steve Nash as a coach, um, but they they chose him so that they could be in control, Kyrie and KD, more than their head coach. They've had everything they've wanted, and they still want out, and they're still not happy. No. Next. Yes. If I can get Donovan Mitchell, Aiton, Bridges, Taylor Norton, Tucker, and be done with this whole thing, including the Ben Simmons part of it, which, I mean, talk about wild cards on the floor at least. Yes. I would do it too. I'm happy to hear that. I wouldn't, I'm not alone in that. All right. Cool. Plus, every, you know, Donovan Mitchell was at the decision as a 10 year old boy. You know, I feel I've heard that story, but not often enough. Yeah. All right. We're going to switch gears to baseball. And this is what I think you're going to have to ponder a little bit. The Brewers' best all-around positional player this season, non-pitcher, has been Willie Adamas. Mm-hmm or mm-mm. <laughs> what? The Brewers' best all-around positional player this season has been Willie Adamas. Can you explain mm-hmm. the reasoning behind this first? Yeah, this is a massive no. Well, then I'm, I'm, then you can say who you think it's going to be. You know what? I'm going to tip my hand. I'm just going to tell you why I chose Willie Adamas. In every wins above replacement, whether you do fan graphs or you do um, 
uh, uh, what's what's the base, baseball reference one? Willie Adamas leads the team in wins above replacement because his defense has been worth so, so much, and he's been an average hitter. His batting average is really low, but his slugging percentage is, is extremely high. So believe it or not, both of the wins above replacement places, fan graphs and uh, baseball reference, both have Willie Adamas as the Brewers' best positional player this season thus far. Believe it or not, it's a true story. That's why I chose his name. You, you know, having no, watched no, the no, game, this, this, this is, uh, no, no, this is. So who is it? So I don't think there's like an obvious like alternate candidate though. So, so you can say, Mm-mm, but then who would you have nominated? This is what I'm getting tired of. This is what I'm getting tired of, Paul. Willie Adamas is not having a good year. <laughs> Just watch the games. Watch, and then I, I won't even, I won't even dare tell you what he's hitting because batting average is so irrelevant. Oh, 207. He's hitting the ball two out of ten times? That's bad. But every time, when I, hold on. Like the, the ad, You have to at least play the other side of that if you're going to be a good radio host. And you're going to say, but because his slugging percentage is what it is, it means every time he's getting a hit two out of every ten times, it's it's not a single. It's a multi-base oh, hit almost great. every time. Oh, wow. It's a double instead. Good for him. That's a huge difference. Oh, it's not. It's literally twice as valuable. Yeah, you're right about that. Okay, that part you are. But Okay, thank you. But uh, Willie Adamas has been terrible this year. I'm He's, just so uh, t- I'm this is what I'm tired of. I'm tired of me watching the games, forming my opinions on what I see and then being told that it's wrong because of stats. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. here, Bart, I'll ask you this off of this. Christian Yelich or Willie Adamas? Yelich is having a better year than Adamas. Totally agree. No question. Totally agree. I think for me, if we're going off of hitters, you, you're never going to get all the metrics from a first baseman, but I'd rather have Rowdy than Willie Adamas this year. Yeah. Rowdy. I'd rather have McCutcheon. No, stop Ooh, it. That's a little far. Don't, don't, come on. I have now no you're losing, trust you're losing in credibility by the minute. I have no trust in Adamus right now. None. And I don't think he's even put, their, their infield defense is terrible. Urias, so I guess, Urias so I alligator guess. armed one yesterday. He like okay. fake dived, dove. Okay. Wong, Wong is done. Who do you think has the Brewers' second most wins above replacement among positional players this season? Oh, behind some number loser one like Jace Peterson. It is Jace, number yeah. two. Number three? Number three is probably like Mike Brasso. No, Brasso is 11th. Jeez, well, that's probably like Omar. Hunter Renfro. It is Omar. Omar's oh, really? three, Omar. and who's four? Renfro. Stay on the same. Go on, I'm sorry. Renfro? Renfro, six. Yelich, five. Victor, four. Victor Jeez. Caratini, number four. And For what it's worth, the, what all of the Willie, advanced metrics have. What is have Willie's Adamus wins is, above replacement like zero point zero 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 one in the positive? Willie is a one point nine. Pass. That's wrong. That's wrong. I don't believe it. That's a that is wrong. That's an error. So the just you know just so you know the Brewers' best power hitter, and by power it means anything that's an extra base hit. Willie is the best. Power hitter, no. the best isolation power hitter. No, see, That's I agree wrong. with that. He is a good power hitter. He's had 16 home runs, but he doesn't get on base enough. It'd be, it'd be one thing if 
his average or his on base percentage were good. Batting Wait, average two oh seven. Sixteen home runs awful. this season. Yes. No, Willie's, he doesn't. Yes, he does. Willie is yes, hitting he, the ball incredibly yeah. well when he hits it. What? If he had Rowdy a higher... Has, Rowdy 17 home runs, uh, Willie 16. If what? Willie had a higher on-base percentage, I would have no problem agreeing with you here, Paul. But a on-base percentage under 300, that's terrible. It's awesome that he's hit the home runs. You're right. A slugging percentage is up there, and he's been one of the best power-hitting shortstops in the game this year but he's not giving you enough outside of the power for me to say that he's been the best player because yeah. I need more than just the power. I hear you. I I love that I've dumbfounded Bart, and you have all these compelling arguments about Willie, and you don't even know that he's at 16 home runs, Bart. Um, well, I swear I've seen one of them. And I will say I totally must be point. putting my kid to bed or making a sandwich every time he hits a home run. Willie specializes in in being great when you're making sandwiches. That's I mean it's a well-known Willie fact. Hey, so Willie's an all or nothing hitter. Great. You know where he would fit in is the 2002 Brewers. I'm so tired of baseball. People I will are- say so Willie on base percentage on the Brewers, he ranks 12th on the Brewers on with on base percentage. Um can I tell you something? Yeah. So wait, so I, I do need a final answer, though. So, Bart, you say you, you poo-poo, it's Willie, but your answer is who? And, Toby, your answer is who? My answer keep, is... Keep in mind, it's not just offense. It's also got to be the way they play defense. It's a you know, it's positional player, offense, plus defense. Oh, I, I think Christian Yelich is having a fine couple of months. I'll take Rowdy to Les. Bart, you going to go with, with Yelly? Yeah. Okay. I will not defy the analytics. Willie. Yesterday's base. Here's what we're going to talk about next hour. Here's what we're going to talk about next hour. Yesterday's baseball game was. uh, Baseball died yesterday. I'm willing to say it. Baseball's dead. Baseball is no longer good. Baseball died. That game yesterday sucked. But that's the game all you nerds want. Strikeouts (laughs) and home runs. No, it's not. It's 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 not the best product when it's like that. But it's that's not. but that's what you want. Three true outcomes. Three. I don't think three true outcomes is a good thing for the fan experience. Absolutely not. Uh, here here you got a big old yokel like me that got all excited for that small ball inning last week where they scored six runs because it looked like the baseball that I like growing up. And then I got people like RD Top on Twitter telling me, nope, nope. It's, it's uh, home runs are better, LOL. Oh my God. Okay. Well, well you watch. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna just watch. I'm just gonna watch computers print out numbers tonight instead of a baseball game because that's all what you nerds want. <laughs> I'm gonna go to a stadium, pack thirty thousand people in a stadium, and watch people put an abacus back and forth, and then play chess. Nerds, nerds. Where's baseball? Where's the baseball I grew up playing? Weren't you a t-ball catcher? Yeah, I sucked. <laughs> but in the backyard, I'm not like, oh, I'm like, my guy, my friend gets on first, and I'm like, I can bunt this guy over. I'm not thinking, I only want to strike out a home run. That's the most successful. You guys, you guys, you, you guys ruin baseball. Because, I mean, it used to be kids would look at the back of a baseball card and be like, batting average. I know what that means. But you don't see kids at the park saying, wins run plus created. <laughs> you don't see that. And then and then 
you don't even see kids play baseball at the park anymore because all you nerds have ruined it. <laughs> nerds! You ruined baseball, Paul! I, you're, this whole, this, this whole, di- this has been about me? I'm the nerd? Oh, you love numbers. You I love stats. Love, I do love numbers and stats. Imagine if I told you, you watch your little wrestling match, which we like, but you're like, oh, Moxley, what a great match. And I say, well, actually, the other guy had a better uh, wrestling created wins plus, and he actually <laughs> had a better match. Even though Moxley technically won, uh, it was really the other guy that's, you know, it would ruin it for you. It, you're definitely ruining it, yes. Yeah, so stop ruining it for me. Do you want to end on that, or can I give you a quickie? Uh, I got to get out in 60 seconds. Keston Hira, future gold glove left fielder? Stop. Or, mm-mm. <laughs> I'm going to say this to you as a friend. Get the <laughs> hell off my show. <laughs> but please be available sometime next week. Okay, got it. And you maybe a, even tomorrow. <laughs> All right, Paul. Thanks, buddy. I'll I'll do better next week. Mm -hmm. All right. See ya. All right. Bye. Paul Emig. I think that was hitting me for a while. I'm really mad about yesterday's game, the more I think about it. Let's fume about it. We'll talk about that coming up next. Here's a podcast promotion for a baseball team that scores six runs a week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.